Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to share a really special guest with you today. I have Ellen Siegel, Life Mastery Coach and Life Consultant. She is an inspirational public speaker, teacher, mentor, life and business coach, and Ellen provides uniquely tailored approaches to accessing and utilizing hidden strengths and talents in those who want assistance. She earned her master's degree in social work from Yeshiva University, acquired advanced training in hypnotherapy from the Wellness Institute in Seattle, and received an advanced certification in spirituality from Smith College. She's also the author of two beautiful books, Be Happy No Matter What, Five Steps to Inner Freedom, and Handling Your Own Emotions. Welcome to the podcast, Ellen. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. I was lucky enough to have met you just a few weeks ago based on a friend of yours who I met through a networking group. And she said, I have somebody that you need to meet. And I love it when that happens. So we went to lunch and I loved the energy right away. We connected deeply on so many things. And a lot of the things that you shared hit me both personally and professionally. And then you were kind enough to gift me your amazing book, Be Happy No Matter What, a beautiful collection of your buttons, which we'll talk about on this podcast today, and your other handy guidebook, Handling Your Own Emotions. And I got home from that lunch and sat down and immediately consumed even more of your goodness. So my intentions today are really to just share so many of the golden nuggets that we were able to connect on and so much more for people to really create their own comeback in whatever avenue of their life that means for them. Well, this is great. I just want to say about that, that we each have a wise inner self, whether we're in touch with it or not. And when we get all the other stuff out of the way, it it can even give you guidance about brush your teeth now. Don't forget to pour water in your water bottle or make this turn, don't make that turn. So it's important for me to say that the thoughts and the energy that's come into these few books and in the work that I do, and I'm going to say in the work that we all do, comes from our wisest level of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And once you get that door open, then you've got a lot of good, wise information coming into you, our listeners, and I can speak for myself. And then you never know, a book comes through you. And then other people benefit from it besides me, in addition to me. So Mm, I love that. And I love that you were able to put it into book form. That's something that is really a gift that I think that not everybody can author and put it into words. And you just so beautifully put it into words. And I think it's a really unique topic. Be happy no matter what. That is a very catchy phrase and a very catchy title. And I think when perhaps you're in a space of what sometimes feels like I call the sadness spiral or a dark time in your human experience or your even your soul's experience, all of it, be happy no matter what might be a phrase that could be triggering to people. Oh, absolutely. I can tell you that with some of our colleagues, I've needed to introduce it as this is not false reassurance and it's not denial because it could sound like that. And also it's not happy-go-lucky, which it could be if that's something you're interested in, that can be an outcome that's anchored authentically in you. Nevertheless, it's a way to know that you don't have to stay stuck in victim consciousness and that there is an enduring satisfaction you can recognize in your life when you switch 
or allow sort of a faculty of your mind to look at how well you're growing, that navigating through challenging situations. And usually as one is coming back to themselves through divorce and from divorce, that each one of us, and I was divorced too, that each one of us, that's not our first go round with uh, problem solving, navigating, courage, self-recognition, self-appreciation, even along with anxiety, depression, sadness, anger, hurt. For some people, it could be hard to believe that we can appreciate ourselves and feel great about that we've navigated, that we're navigating, that we can open ourselves up to get help. You know, so many of us feel that if we don't do it ourselves, it doesn't count. And actually, you're sort of a team leader. You have a team, whether it's an attorney, a mediator, um, your support system, finance people, people helping you with children if there are children involved. And then to have someone who can help you plan your comeback. I mean, that's extraordinary. I mean, there's all kinds of coaches. And to have someone who's a guide, I think, is really great if you're open to it. Interesting what you said is, because I completely agree with this. You said, you know, there's all these different elements of feelings that pop up and they're actually not new to us. You said it's not our first time around navigating them and coping them, but sometimes it feels like it is. Why, why do you think that is? I've asked this question and I got good help. So I'm going to share what, what helped me. And, you know, it may stimulate our listeners that something even better will come up for them. And that is that you could view personal growth as a spiral. So I grew up in New York and in elementary school, they teach New York state history in middle school. They teach New York State history again, but at a deeper level. In high school, again, at a deeper level. And there's actually people who go on to college, study state history. There are people who go on, get master's degrees and doctoral degrees in that same state history. As they go forward, they don't usually say, oh, I'm regressing, which is very common when it comes to feelings. I'm slipping back. Or even I take two steps back to go one step forward. I see it more as each one of us is like an ever-blooming bud, budding flower, that the growth just keeps going in one direction. And that's expanding, expanding awareness, expanding appreciation of your own talents and abilities, appreciating other people who are there to help you, and, and your growth. So, yeah, we revisit something that maybe we've reworked well in the past. And you could say, oh, no, not this again. Yeah, you could say, oh, here it comes again. I wonder what else I'm going to learn about myself in this kind of a challenge. So mm -hmm. that was a great question. I love that a lot. And I think another part of that might be in my experience, that there wasn't a class per se mm. in elementary school, then junior high, then high mm -hmm. school, then college. Although I very much believe after going through my own healing, seeking out my own personal growth development, healing resources, such as books and mm -hmm. podcasts and mentors and teachers and coaches and therapists, mm -hmm. all of those things were not given to me. I had to seek them out mm -hmm. versus being integrated into our educational experience so that that spiral truly feels like this up-leveling and expanding. So maybe that's why it feels like, to add to what you said, our first time around sometimes because we are not intentionally focused Mm -hmm. on healing those things until the pain gets to a level so intense sometimes that we go, now I need to 
figure out what's going on here and get support here and grow myself and understand this. And so maybe that's maybe part of the not feeling like this is the first time around. Also, I can liken it to like independent study. Like there were opportunities that some people took on where they designed their own class. And actually, I would say that's how it is for each one of us. So you can model after someone else's style or some techniques and things like that and leave space open because we each put it together in the way that we need it. It doesn't, most of it doesn't work to take it from one place and put it into another. I mean, people who are listening to this podcast now will take some things from you, some things from me, some things from someone else they remember, and then their own creativity takes over and weaves it into the, what shall I say, the security blanket of truth for yourself. Yeah. I really love that you mentioned the false reassurance and denial a few minutes ago, that this be happy no matter what is not false reassurance. What do you mean by that? Can you explain that a little bit more? Oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Now, the truth is, it is going to be okay, but not in a superficial way. That's the thing. It's with depth and meaning. So I can say, I'm happy no matter what, not without appreciating myself in challenges not thinking there are going to be no challenges. Although if you get the self-appreciation and something you alluded to actually said, self-facilitating, facilitating your own emotional development. We get to continue to emotionally develop. A lot of people think, oh, once you're an adult, eh, you're grown, that's it. Guess what? We get to continue to grow. And once we get sort of a handle on how to do that, I will tell you that the stress diminishes. Things that have been painfully challenging do shrink up into our, I like to call it, into the antique cabinet of myself. I don't have to throw anything of myself away. And even the things that have been let's say thorns in my side, you know, they can dissolve. Some of us benefit from having it hang in the anti-cabinet of ourselves. It's not active. We can recall all the fruitfulness that came out of it and not, we don't have to live in that pain. Mm. And some of us don't need to have a cabinet like that. We just, you know, buy on to the next creativity forward. Yeah. After reading your book, Be Happy No Matter What, it occurred to me that for me, the underlying message was really how to come back to the version of me that feels most like me, that feels Mm -hmm. authentically me. And when I feel authentically me and I understand what that looks like and I understand and feel what that doesn't look and feel like because that's the other part of the book right like it's not that happy-go-lucky like you said necessarily it's like how do I feel like the most me and who is the most me such a great question so two things come to mind client that I had years ago who went through a breast cancer And she was an extraordinarily enthusiastic and self-appreciative athlete. Okay. And she didn't think she was going to be able to ski again and all kinds of things and was struggling with the loss of her idea of who she was before. And ultimately, she ended up saying that, first of all, she was surprised that she felt in any alignment to anything that was like herself. And it surprised her because she said it didn't look like the old self. It was a whole new version of herself that she somehow 
went into sync with. So I think it's common that we're searching for a feeling that we had before. And I'm going to say it's really great to question as you come forward in your life, let's say you're going through a divorce and now you're, you know, you're coming back to yourself at a higher level because all the growth from before stacks up and serves every new you. So leave some room that the you you're coming back to might be totally different because we don't know how much of the true you was actually being expressed before, right? You know, we had this conversation at lunch that, I mean, certainly me, I don't know, like, whoa, I am so different than I was before. I was kind of hoping that you would share a snippet of your divorce story, because I think it would fit really well with what we're talking about right now of kind of like, your story is just so unique. I've never heard one quite like it. I've never heard anyone quite the same, but yours really stands out for a lot of reasons. Can you share as much of that as you feel comfortable sharing? Which part, which part is the part that stands out for here now? There's two uh, 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 and yeah, I'll speak to them. The parts that stand out, well, the part that stands out right now in this moment is the part where you you're in a good relationship, let's say, name it whatever adjectives right. you want to use. And you've been with your husband for 29 years, 29 was it? Years, right. 29 years. And you've got your son and your life going and you guys have everything going for you and then all of a sudden you decide, you know what? You're almost everything that I want, but, but there's something missing and I'm not willing to live my life without that part. So that part was, and this was a man who I knew in high school, we were boyfriend and girlfriend, and it was just so many wonderful experiences. And he's a really great guy. And the only thing we didn't have was we didn't have an authentic communication, intimate emotional about feelings. And that's common with many men. You know, I went to therapy and worked on myself and actually all those years thought it was me totally and compensated, overcompensated totally. And I remember being in therapy, realizing, I said, wait a minute, I'm doing more than 50%. Okay. Then I let go a little bit, some more, more personal work. And we went to couples counseling and I mean, he's a wonderful person. my husband. So, but I went to him one day, I said, honey, I don't know. I can't go one more day. I cannot go one more day. And he said, me, even though we're best friends, even though we are terrific co-parents, even though we love living together, I said, yeah. I said, I just can't go one more day. You know, when I go to the supermarket and I say, how are you to the checkout person? And if they want to tell me, I want to hear. And, you know, and he couldn't really relate that way. And so he said, okay. And he was in shock, I think. And we were apart for seven years and then, and friends. And I wasn't angry. I mean, I was angry earlier in the relationship because I didn't know what was bothering me and, you know, making demands on him. and. No, that wasn't pretty. So we lived separately. We got divorced. I had friends that said, you know, maybe just get separated. I said, no, we have to divorce. Why Uh, did you feel like it was important to get divorced? Because I think it's really something that I think a lot of people would have just written it out. It's close enough. Yeah. It's close enough. But it sounds like it was to the point where you could. What about that couldn't you go on with? You know what? I could not have felt clear of it, it, the issue, if I didn't do that. I would have felt, you know, connected. I mean, some people do energy work, you know, energy cords and just the, it's actually, there's, it's something similar to before you get married, you know, things could be great. Once the term marriage comes into play, 
It's symbolic. It's a metaphor. Whatever marriage means to the parties that they're not even aware of, you know, my great grandparents and how they treated each other and, you know, all that stuff. When we come together, we come together with all our baggage. And, you know, ideally, if both parties are independent emotionally enough to work on their own baggage so that they're not seeing the other person to blame for how they feel, then, you know, things can develop more easily. But when you have different levels, and I think most people do, of awareness of your baggage, ownership of your baggage, you know, and you see the other person as responsible. I wasn't blaming him yeah. when we got to that point of divorce. It was just, I couldn't go another day. Ultimately, he shared something years later, seven years later, because we remained friends and uh, we had a child together. And um, he said, you know, I finally figured out what was wrong with me. I said, I didn't know that anything was wrong with you. You know, it was just we weren't in alignment totally. And he said that every time I opened my mouth, he heard his mother's voice. And that was what I heard. I heard the first personal communication from the inside of himself. I said, I want to know you on the inside. Maybe, you know, not everybody wants to share themselves. I said, just give me a little something. Just give me a little something. Well, this was a big something. Was major. It was huge. And then my situation changed where I was living and I was looking for a place to park myself while I figured out what I was going to do. This is like seven years later. He said, well, you know, you could always stay here. And I said, well, I'm a little nervous. You know, we're so great. We're great friends and everything. And I was a little nervous that some of those thoughts would come back to me. You know, when you put yourself back in a similar looking situation, it can bring things back. And he said, well, I feel that way too. And, you know, why don't we, if, if we each feel something coming up, we'll let the other person know and we'll put it on the table and discuss it. Well, that was like the second great thing. So blah, 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 blah. Fast forward. We moved to the state where our son went to college, which is here in Ohio. And we were not married and I was going to go. Our son said, you know, would you and dad ever think about moving out here? Even though our son knew we were divorced. And I said, I'm going. I said, you want to go? He said, yeah. So we looked for apartment, came together. We lived together in a, in a new space that was not mine, not was his, wasn't his, and it wasn't former. And I think that that makes a difference because I have some clients who are entering second relationships. Okay. The house of one of the partners. You know, you could clear a lot of things out of the way by selling your houses and buying something new or going into a new apartment or something like that. You know, and I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't orchestrating that, that, you know, from my earth brain. And we got remarried. We got remarried. We have all the stuff that was great. And I'm going to tell you, we don't have any of the stuff that wasn't great. And I will say, it's hard to tell whether he changed or I changed. This part I didn't get to tell you. No. So what I know is I got these few deep things. I'm not afraid he's not going to. I mean, we can talk, but I'm not demanding that we talk emotional all the time. No, he's not that outgoing in that way. That's okay. As long as it's there, if I ask, mm. you know, I see something on your face. What's going on inside? He used to say nothing or I'm tired or what are you talking about? Now it's like, oh yeah, you know, and he'll tell me and it's fabulous. So I'm really happy. So thanks for asking. I really love that story. And thank you for sharing all parts of that, because I really think it speaks to the happiness that you created for yourself first. Mm. 
like I said, it could have been so some people would view it as, oh, it'll just be easier if we just ride mm-hmm. the wave. There it's 95% everything that I want in a partner, but that 5% or assign whatever amount oh, you want huge for me. was really important, really of so much value that being able to take that time apart and still exist in each other's lives. And not just for the sake of your son, but because you still really enjoyed the elements of each other, but understood what that meant for you. I know for me and so many of the women that I work with, it feels, it had felt really difficult to stay connected to my Mm -hmm. ex. Why do you think a lot of people have that hardship in Mm -hmm staying connected in any capacity, whether that's uh, nowadays, a big thing is social media. So even if they don't communicate with you, I got people that are poking around, they call it kind of trolling around their social media, even though they're, they're not really getting anything for themselves from that. They're, they're kind of hoping that they're seeing the other people fail at their relationships in life. Cause then that will validate that they were everything that person needed. It's a really interesting thing. So why do you think so many people have such a hard time staying connected well, to? I'll tell you one thing was I never ever had the thought that we would get back together. So somehow I had this something that there would was a true detachment that whatever I could enjoy, I could enjoy. And even, and I really didn't know because I engineered the divorce. He was not happy. He wasn't happy. And he had a hard time. And, you know, I loved him anyway. (laughs) And I'd been working on not being codependent because I'd had issues with my mother (laughs) over the years. And so the idea of detachment. So when you're, when you have a hard time sort of really separating from the ex, it's, I would say, who's ever having that, if you do some reading in the area of codependence, Mm -hmm. just to get the definitions, you don't have to do any, and then start to notice that you're attached, even though you're pushing it away you're sort of pushing it away, but your foot's still on the accelerator, you know? And it's not, how can I say this? Awareness is, um, I just I just was given a book that I hadn't known about. And I've been studying myself like you for years. And it's called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. And I was told, that this is a classic. So I thought, how did I not even hear this person? And what I love about, and certainly I'm gobbling it up to see what I have been familiar with and what's new. You always want to listen for new information when you are getting help or even inside yourself. What's new that I haven't known before? What I like about how this author puts, he doesn't really use the term codependence. He just, he talks about how we tell ourselves stories to help ourselves feel better. How nice is that? That's a nice view. (laughs) You can even let go of self-judgment. We all tell ourselves stories to help ourselves feel better. And if we start to, notice that we're making the story a little too comfortable, then we might be able to see something about ourselves that maybe we don't like, though when we see it, it it can automatically change by coming to awareness. And the way you feel is it just falls away. And if it's something that really strikes you, you can get help to dismantle it. And one of the things I loved that I've never heard before, I've heard it in lots of different words, but never these words about feelings. Feelings come and go. 
feelings come and go. I just told this to my two and a half year old grandson today who goes, I'm mad. I'm so mad. So this author says that we've been taught to identify with the feelings. And if you see them as they come and go, so, okay, so here it comes. Oh, it's here for a while and watch it go. That way they don't stick in you and it's not you. Remember earlier you said, you know, that me, how do, you know, which is me? How do I know that I'm coming back to me, the truer sense of myself? Well, start to recognize that everything else flows like in a river. The situation, you know, coming back after divorce, you know what? There's after the divorce. There's after everything. There's after anger. There's after sadness. There's after hurt. And that the you who you discover is truly you, holy cow. These things are not sticking to that part of yourself. Ah, I think that's an incredible saying, feelings come and go, because I have spoken to so many humans who say things like, I'm an anxious person, right? Instead of just saying, I'm experiencing feelings of anxiety right now. That's it right there, right now. I am this and just saying, I'm going to hold on. It's like wrapping your arms around that identity. And that I think is what suffocates us or keeps us stuck is we're like this Velcro and all those little balls that you throw on the little Velcro, (laughs) you know, that game where they're Velcro and felt, Velcro and felt. There's just these constant identities being thrown at us either by society or by ourselves. And we're sticking all these balls on us all over and we got to pull them off one at a time and go, I am not this. I'm experiencing sensations of these feelings. Ooh, I know something I wanted to ask you about on this topic is you had shared something with me that I thought was incredible at lunch. And that was the importance of separating feelings from actions. Mm, mm. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yes. I just want to skip back. I don't want to lose something you just said. And this author in this book, Awareness, Anthony DeMello, and and a lot of us, you and me and our listeners at different times, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, to use the language that you just, I'm experiencing depression now. So any of you who are listening, make a note of that. Because if you do one thing, start doing that about feelings. It's beautiful. Okay. Okay. Remind me now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. The importance of separating feelings from actions. Okay. So um, here's an example. The best example is one could say it's necessary to separate feelings from actions. So lots of us, when growing up, whether it's on TV or our parents or other situations we've been in, have experienced anger and violence together, right? Mm -hmm. Just that's how it is. You know, your big brother or sister is angry with you and they hit you. And Mm -hmm. so you get these two things together. So later on, when you're working on yourself, let's say, and you want to undo that kind of situation, it can, I opinion, not that people come around to things in different ways. And there's many different ways to heal. In my consciousness, if you try to heal anger and violence together, it's much harder. If you separate them out, Anger is a feeling. It comes and goes. You get to have it. Everybody gets to have it. Violence is an action that is never acceptable. So, and this is a severe case. I mean, you know, an example, anger and violence. You know, it's like other things. You could 
love someone, and that's pure. And then in that relationship, there's guilt that you've somehow gotten because the person says, you know, well, if you love me, you would do this for me. And, you know, when you hear that, sometimes a person hearing that might say, well, you know, well, then I guess I don't love you. Or so those are two different things, uh, even though they're both feelings. But there are things that we do out of guilt to make up for it, you know, that could conflict with the fact that we love the person. How we feel is one thing. And how we feel, feelings come and go. They come up. It's sort of like, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but when you were younger, if you ever had a crush on someone, you couldn't pick who you had a crush on. It just came up. So feelings come up, actions are chosen, and very often they're happening at the same time. So we feel that, oh no, I didn't have a choice about that. I have an example on this that I'm curious if this is what you mean by it. So help walk me through this because this does come up quite a bit in my coaching. I get women who have uh, gone through infidelity. They have been cheated on, experiencing that, and they go, how could he do this to me? To me. How could he do this to me? If he loves me feeling, right? how could he cheat on me action? Right. right. And then that interconnection by keeping that connected, like you described, right. makes it feel nearly impossible, impossible to move forward. How do you then separate them when they feel so deeply entwined in your story? Mm, mm. Well, that is a that is a perfect example because I have clients in that situation too. And uh, it comes to me that there's a whole list of feelings that the person who has been cheated on gets to experience. Hurt, betrayal, anger, loneliness, jealousy, shame, goes on and on and on. Yep. So first, I usually get from the person that there's no question that they want to heal. Right. Right. So these are all feelings that are going on inside the person. And chances are have not been fully appreciated up until then in their life. Yeah. So the feeling part, those of us who've been cheated on, the feeling part we get to own as ours even before this happened. Like acceptance, you're talking about accept or allowance, actually. Allowance. Before acceptance, it's allowance of, I'm going to allow the hurt and the betrayal and the loneliness and the shame to exist. To to come to full bloom is the way really to, to deal with it. Yeah. And whether it's, there's always um, a breakdown before a breakthrough. Yeah. You know, and to this is the person's opportunity now to really have their feelings. Painful, painful, painful. They may have been taught. Our society says, don't have your feelings. You know, everything says, don't have your feelings. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's where the be, you know, put a smile on and keep going. Well, that's not be happy no matter what. <laughs> no. <laughs> be happy no matter what starts with. Oh my God, I am such a sensitive person. Now, a lot of us have been criticized for that. Well, guess what? Either you're a sensitive person or you're not. So it's nice to be a sensitive person. Yeah. Some people say, oh, but it's so painful. It's only painful because you've been keeping from it for years. And unfortunately, and I'm getting a message now, it's not truly unfortunate. Nobody likes to feel feelings that they don't like. Mm-hmm. nobody guess what it's like oh, it's like a rite of passage and living it's like not accepting that you get to have a buffet breakfast in the morning you know you don't have to eat all of it but 
you're being provided with this breakfast of jewels of yourself. Now you could say, well, how could this be a jewel? Well, when you accept how hurt you felt in your life and were not allowed, you got the message that you weren't allowed and that you didn't allow yourself to feel because maybe it was risky. Maybe you would have been punished. Maybe you would have been killed. For sure, the other person might not like it. And maybe you were brought up to treat people in a way that you made sure that everybody liked you. That's like, you know, a hot air balloon, unfortunately. A lot of us learn things when we're kids. Just like when we're kids, we eat the food that the adults give us. Mm. And you can't blame yourself for that. That's another added suffering that comes with all those feelings when you go through having been cheated on, you know, is that you're now judging yourself also, you know, I had a feeling, why did I go with this person? They never were good to me. What was wrong with me? I didn't get out. All of that stuff. You don't want any of that Mm -hmm. because it comes from being an innocent child, eating what they gave you. We were not taught. We were not taught. And maybe we weren't supposed to be. Maybe we're supposed to learn at this age. And so it's like how to talk yourself into that these are lessons that you get to learn. And, you know, I'm thinking about it's like, the 20th postdoctoral degree in your life, or when a craftsperson learns how to make furniture and then it gets finer and finer and finer and harder to do it. And, and, you know, it takes extra work. And so very often when faced with that kind of, what shall I say? I, I like to call bouquets of feelings that you don't like. You know, it's like, I'm not crazy about gladiolas. <laughs> no, I like daisies. Well, guess what? They're flowers. They have their own beauty in them. So feelings that we don't like have beauty in them. And if you can get somebody to help you withstand that you can go through these feelings then they're going to go through you just like feelings come. They've piled up. Now you could blame your partner for doing this. And a lot of you, this is going to sound terrible, but down the road, that person could have opened the door for you to be your most creative self, your freest self. You can't see that when you're faced with your own pain. But this is your pain, you know, and it can be maddening that the other person's going off with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Left and lonely and all that stuff. There is help. Get help to have that experience so you can go on from it. Absolutely. There's a concept in one of your books where you talk about how to up level your upset. Mm. And Mm. I love in there, you say that in each upsetting situation, the thing to ask is, what is the really great value in this for me? Right. Right. How does that work in our favor in a situation like this? How does this change it? Yeah. Well, once you, how can I say this? There's so many different angles to all these experiences are experiencing that if you can grab one of them and turn it, then everything opens up and falls into place behind that. So I'm a big fan for my own growth is I write things on index cards and I put them around. Yeah, it's easiest if you're living on your own because people make fun of me and, you know, (laughs) but meanwhile, they get the lessons too. So, or carry around cards with you and say, what is the wonderful benefit in this for me? And to recognize that part of you doesn't want to hear the answer. Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? You know, I think, why is that? It's a good question. 
I'm not sure I know what the answer is to that as much as it's something to reckon within ourselves. Mm. You know, whether it's running away from what we think is painful, I think I might be fear. It's like running away from fear. I don't really want to know. <laughs> I, th- I think know. it is fear of the unknown. And sometimes it's more comfortable to just stick with what you've got than to get curious around the opportunity. And I think curious around the opportunity go, first of all, opportunity, curious, and wonderful benefit for me. Those things go together like a bouquet. And that that's like a personal growth bouquet. And the fact that I mean, there's a part of you that can say, oh, no, that's ridiculous that there's any benefit. It's almost like a part of me that would go, no, there's no benefit in this for me and digging my heels in and start to recognize that that's a cute little character in yourself. Yeah. And yeah. You shrink it down. So it's going. <laughs> my friend uh, Karen calls it the I don't want us. The I don't want us. I don't want, I don't want to. And, you know, you could chuckle about it in yourself or you could go, oh, my God, that's been there for years. What other things have I not been able to experience because of that part of myself? Now, you don't have to crucify that part of yourself. You just need to see it as a little character in there. I love the idea of of shrinking, just shrinking that character, just shrinking them. Mm -hmm. The goal is not to just eliminate or destroy. It's just, again, that allowance and inclusion is a huge part of this and acknowledging all the things within us, but just shrinking that, or I call it like turning down the noise, quieting that voice. Turning down the noise. The other thing about that aspects of that kind of a character is it maybe saved your life when you were little. Mm. It had you hide under the bed when uh, your father was coming with a stick or your mother. It had you be quiet in the classroom when you didn't want to get called on because every time you got called on, you got the wrong answer, you know, and everybody went, you know, so it might have saved your life then. We're not kids anymore. And when you start to see that you've successfully navigated many things, you know, you can start to recognize there's that part of you that can continue to facilitate your growth and grab on to a concept like what, all right, so what's the lesson in this for me? What I do I want to learn? And sometimes it's independence. Yeah. Or that I'm creative or that oh, I have a friend who says, why do I have to keep setting boundaries with people. Why do I have to keep saying no? So I said to her, we're pretty close. I said to her, because you're not convinced yet that it's okay for you just to say no. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're fighting to say no. You know, and it looks like the other person's fighting back. I said, once you just say no, the other person's just going to accept it and that's it. And if they come after you, so you'll get an order of protection or move to another state or whatever you need to do. Yeah. You know, you'll take an action. Taking action is so powerful. I want to talk a little bit about the button experiment. Can you talk about what the button experiment is and what you've learned from it? Okay. Someone gave me an idea to make a button. So actually I have one on. I don't know if anybody will get to see this video, but I could tell you about it. So it's, I am happy no matter what is on the button. And so, I don't know, I had them made up and I just walked around with them in a bowl, not saying, would you like one? And, you know, people were like curious and they'd say, oh, you know, how much are they? And I'd say, oh, happiness is free. Take a few. And so people would start to take them. Another one, my favorite one is to wear it like in the supermarket and a store associate, a checkout person will say, oh, what's that button you have on? And, you know, I just tell them. 
And I said, well, you know, since you spotted it, it must be for you. And the person, I was like, so surprised, you know, by how I felt in giving, I felt like I gave this person, the way they were responding was like they got like $300 or something. And I got the feeling like I was giving them something really special. So these buttons, and there's 17,000 buttons out there. Wow. Over a few years. And it was fun to walk around. I was waiting for a plane like at five in the morning. You know, everybody's sort of half asleep. And I'm just walking around with this bowl. And, you know, about five people said, and, uh, but the rest was like, oh, I would like one of those. Can I have one of those? Can I have one for my sister? I said, sure. And this is so much fun. And uh, on the website, Be Happy No Matter What, one of the tabs has button stories. So oh. some people who've um, had fun doing this have put some stories there. And I, uh, I think it's a really special thing because I always start a lot of times my clarity calls when people are just starting to get to know me and want to see if I'm the right fit for them Yes, to work together. I always say, what is it? The second half, the first part is we kind of explore where you're at right now. And the second part is, what are you looking for? And nine times out of 10, they're looking to be happy again, but they don't really know what that means because I'm always going to ask, well, what is happiness for you? Because I think it's important that be happy no matter what. Well, how are you going to know what happiness is? What it looks like, what it feels like. Um, so I think it's really special that you, when you said you would have thought that I gave them the most incredible gift. I think you did because what most people want is happiness. Mm. And sometimes we just need a reminder. Your phrase was happiness is free. Take it. Mm. We just need a reminder. Take it. It's right there at Joyfully Be. I'm always telling people like my button would say, I choose joy. Mm. It would say, I choose joy because I do believe it's a choice. And I do believe that finding our inner truth and inner authenticity, which for me is my happiness. That's another great question to, I think, to ask people is what is your happiness? Like, what Mm -hmm. is your happy? What is that inside of you? I think that is finding yourself. What do you think it is to be happy no matter what? I think that's great. I think that's great. What would that be for you, Ellen? Oh, for me, it's awareness. It's awareness. It's uh, discovering, discovering myself and experiencing others, discovering themselves. Hmm. It's everything. It really is. It's that's everything. That's the humanness. That's the soulfulness. That's the connection. Mm-hmm. All those pieces and parts. And I really think that if I could wrap a bow around your book, I think awareness is mm. what it's about. I think it is uh, what you called earlier. I love the phrase you used, self-study. Mm. Like it really is that study of self mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. self awareness. And when we can walk through the world with awareness, so much more becomes available to us. Yes. Yeah. You can't, you really, it's a different kind of life when you can't see what's happening or what your experience, you know, that you're not aware of what you're aware of, you can experience and enjoy and Mm -hmm. modify or, you know, I like the idea that Viewing yourself and your life as a masterpiece work of art implies that you're creating, that you're in the now and you can have plans and things like that and then be open to what it means to go with the flow or other things. You know, sometimes we've grown up with a lot of rigidity about how things have to be and I remember um, my first therapist said to me, you know, Ellen, you're really demanding. And I was like, me demanding? I'm so loving and kind. And he says, oh, I see you don't know what demanding is. I said, what? (laughs) He said, oh, he said, the degree to which you get upset when something's not happening 
is the degree to which you are demanding. I was like, holy cow. He stopped me right in my tracks. That's holy cow, really. That stopped me in my tracks. I'm going to have to digest that one for a little while. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> boy, I got upset about a lot of things sure, and sure. felt pretty secure in why I did and why it should be a different way. Hmm. Mm. I think it's really important for folks navigating their happiness and finding themselves to have simple things that they can start with. So based on our chat today, what's one thing our listeners or viewers can do to start supporting their comeback, creating their comeback? Okay. One is a broad thing. And the the other we mentioned about the idea of feelings get friendly with that you have feelings and think about them as having the ability to come and go. Now, the ones you have now, you might feel stuck in because you haven't thought yet that they're going to go. Just go. So there's more to discover about that. And then the other thing is to know that We've all been victims in one way or another, and that it's not required to stay in victim consciousness. You want to leave the victim experience, that category, with whatever that experience was, and not take victim consciousness on into your comeback. My busy brain goes, how do I do that? Well, you could get the Be Happy book, right? Yeah. And read it a few times. Mm. And read it with somebody. Because it's pretty simply put. And what it is, it's a reframe on your childhood. Even the best childhoods, childhood has things. Because all kids draw conclusions about themselves, usually demeaning conclusions about themselves. And based on that, choose behaviors that are okay when you're kids, but get you things backfire when you're an adult. Like when you're expecting somebody, when you're blindsided in a marriage, you know, And, you know, when you don't want to get out when you know you should. Yeah. You know, or just uh, start your growth. Sometimes being blindsided in a marriage is the beginning of your growth, conscious growth. You know, sometimes it starts earlier. I definitely think. Sorry. I definitely think that exploring yourself is the first step. That yeah. self, self-discovery, self I believe, is the recovery. Oh, self-discovery is the recovery. Do that. Put that on a button. Make a page on your site. <laughs> self-discovery is the recovery. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's beautiful. Definitely, definitely believe that 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 is where the recovery is that that's where it all that's where it all happens is staying curious with ourselves knowing ourselves knowing what triggers us and knowing how we react and shifting into a space of response there's just so many right. so many pieces and parts of this so many pieces and parts and i think the other part of this i want to challenge our our listeners and viewers to is what you said to your button people happiness is free take it take it and you'll find that through that self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you in this piece that I was talking about awareness by Anthony DeMello, he says his what came through him was happiness is there. Like you're saying, it's there. Just let the illusions, the covers go. Allow yourself to discover yourself. And that's what you're going to discover. That's it. That's it. Wow. You are one of my favorite people to talk to. 
and spend time with. I feel like there are just so many golden nuggets every time. And like you said about the book, and we're going to put that book in the show notes so folks know what that looks like, along with your books, of course, and where people can get you. But our conversations always really help me hear concepts differently. You know, and we sat for lunch and you, you graciously gave me your book. You said, there's probably nothing in there that you haven't heard before, but there's so much in there that I heard differently for the first time. And I think that's, it's so important that even if we think we've heard something before or heard someone speak on a topic before, I always just sit there as if it's my first time hearing it. And even sometimes, you know, we could have the same conversation two weeks from now, two months from now, two years from now. And because of where we're at in our own lives and our own journeys, other nuggets are going to come up and come out in different ways. I'm looking forward to that. Let's do that. (laughs) Yes, for sure. For sure. How can our listeners get more of you in their lives? Ah, okay. Well, there's the be happy no matter what dot com site and you can sign up for complimentary contemplative thoughts to go into your email box and they're very what shall I say oh they're more than inspiring they're like provoking thought provoking that will bring up connection with your true self so that's mm-hmm. a neat thing I do you know consultation on life issues and life mastery. So, and for that, you can reach me through the website, Ellen at be happy no matter what.com, or you can call me at 614-389-5795. Oh, also there's a YouTube channel that's called, you can look under Ellen Siegel, that's S-E-I-G-E-L, Enlightening Conversations. And then there's the podcast, Enlightening Realizations. And it's a lot of conversations like you and I are having. And so I'm going to look forward to us having a conversation on, on a topic. Uh, that we'll like. And we'll do that in the future, too. Amazing. I know Thank that you. so many folks are going to benefit. Like, I know I'm going to get signed up on your newsletter so that I can get those prompts. I love a good prompt in my life on a regular basis. Great. I have two closing questions for you if you're you're interested. The first one is, what is one thing that you love about you? Oh. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, you saw me. You saw me being in love with myself. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I can't deny that. And now it's on recording. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to try to run away from that, but I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> I'm open. Even though my foot is on the brake sometimes, I'm really open. I'm really open. I like that. And I like to play with reframing thoughts. Even though I know that's playing with thoughts, I use that to help myself. So there was a time where I really enjoyed being on vacation more than other things. So I imagined that vacation was the backdrop to everything I was doing. So in my mind, in a scene in my life, every scene, there were like palm trees and I was on a beach and that's where I was operating from. And you could say, well, that's not reality. Well, let me tell you something. My inner reality, it really helped me get through different situations. So those are two things. I love both of those. Yeah. And I I felt and feel that openness with you when I'm in your presence. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to love about yourself. And the last question that I ask people on my show is, what does joy feel like in your body? Well, the closest thing I have to that is like, it's like an effervescing energy that comes up and goes straight out through my head, my whole head. And it has an exuberance with it. 
And I see it naturally on our grandson, who's two and a half. So when I look at him, I like, <gasps> it's just, it's like a thrill of some sort that comes Ooh. through me. Ooh, I love that. I love this question so much because everyone answers it very uniquely, Isn't both of those great? questions. I and every time somebody answers it for them, I feel it. It's it, really right? a really, really energizing thing. So thank you so much for sharing this conversation today. I appreciate you and your gifts and your energy and your spirit. It's such a beautiful thing to be a part of. So, and I would be remiss if I didn't say this, and this goes for anyone who's listening, who's appreciating anything that's coming on here is it takes one to know one. So if something in what we're sharing rings true for you, then own that, own that for yourself. So I so appreciate you, Heidi, and our connection and and being able to share. So thank you, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Likewise, likewise. And to everybody else out here in the in the on the airwaves and and wherever you fought, have found us uh, just a kind reminder to you as we close that you are loved you are safe you are enough so go out into the world shine your light bright and love yourself healthy we'll see you soon thanks for tuning in if you loved our chat or know someone who would take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with Your Divorce Planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.